Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining us today. We have our dad, Kurt Chrisman, with us. August is here with me. I am. I'm going to be texting, but I am here. I tell you. What are you going to do with her? Anyway, I don't know. Like, we've, we're over a year and a half into this. And we've never had you on a podcast. I know. That seems crazy. He's been, he's been, you know, like a special guest for like a couple seconds, right? Like oh, true. on our Christmas, Christmas episode. episode. And you read a story. That's true. That's true. And he poured his coffee at the beginning. You right? know, yes. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite. Um, okay, take that back. It was a podcast. I don't think it exists anymore. But one of the first podcasts that I had listened to was to a dad and two daughters. They had their own podcast? Yeah. It was Emily P. Freeman, Michael and Smith and their dad. They had a, they have something called Hope Writers and they had a podcast. Yeah. Emily Freeman and Michael and Smith are sisters? Yeah. I did not know that. You didn't know that? Nope. Yeah, they're sisters. Anyway, Michael used to be part of it, but then she realized the writing thing wasn't really her thing and she has a different you know thing she does now but anyway but they had a podcast the two daughters and the dad and I always thought that would be so fun so here we are doing it yeah look at that maybe we'll start our maybe we'll start a a second <laughs> podcast every every person we have we're like oh we have a podcast with you know, like with Corin and Christian we'll have a podcast a siblings podcast which we'll is always have sibling episodes every week um that was a fun that was a fun episode it was fun did you, did you to it, yeah yes yeah we heard it we listened to it that's uh, fun when we were on vacation yeah it Did must you? be so fun like hearing all of your kids talking at once like it must be really fun saw a thing the other day of um talking about someone and their adult children and i can't quote it but yeah it's it's rewarding yeah just, it's just rewarding to be. see I think about it a lot. Like I've been thinking about it a lot these days, just like what's it going to be like when my kids are older? And like at this point, it's like, no, they won't be babies anymore and all of that. And then I realize everybody that you talk to is just like ready for that stage when it comes. And I love it. Like I love, it seems like anyway, maybe not everybody, but most people are just like, yeah, I love that my kids are like adults and I get to like be friends with them now. And yeah, just so cool. I, I couldn't imagine that you guys would, would, grow up and i would be okay with that Mm. like like at the time you mean but then you know it's like friend of ours says um then god gave us the teenage years and then we're ready to let them go Mm -hmm. and it's actually there's truth in it i mean teenage years were some of the best actually i looked forward to them anticipated them and it was definitely a lot of fun yeah, yeah, but there's still a lot of challenges that come with it. I mean, with every yeah. stage, I guess. I right. think. But it I was mean, not it with your daughters because we were perfect teenagers. Well, mm. It wasn't what most people. It seems like uh, the the hard part is the challenges are relationship, parent to child relationship at right. that point, and I knew that was not going to be an issue. It just was not going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah. you worked so, hard at it. Right. The hard the hard part was. The questions got harder and you didn't get to sleep <laughs> and yeah, you just didn't, didn't sleep as much, but <laughs> it's crazy. But like, it was a lot of fun. Cause it's so funny. You think by that time that you'd get to sleep more, but then your teenagers are keeping you up till midnight talking. So midnight. Two in the morning. music kicked into second gear at midnight. I know. <laughs> I would look at mom a lot of times and say, you're not going to be swimming in the morning. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I I always tell the story of remembering like when I realized that I was an adult and like had things without I think I said it recently on the podcast, didn't I? Do you remember? I don't remember. Just like remembering a point where she was riding along with me for Aaron on Aaron's 
and like realizing like mom yeah and being like like there were it was my things i needed to do maybe she was, was just coming along wasn't it? oh i don't know maybe i said it in a conversation and it wasn't actually yeah. recorded but either way but just realizing like okay that has got to be a weird thing to suddenly have like a child and i was the oldest and i was probably only 16 or 17 but i was pretty you know i had a job and my own car and my own life you know and being like this has got to be weird to be she knows nothing about this she doesn't know about my bank account. She doesn't know about like, she doesn't know where I have to go or who I need to talk to or phone calls I need to make, you know, like mm-hmm. she was still very involved in my life, but yet, yeah, it's gotta be a weird right. feeling. The fine details were, right. not, were not hers to worry about. Yeah. Which is good. Like, I think you and mom, like in my opinion, did a really good job of that letting go part. And I think that that is why, you have good relationship still with all of us and all the way through Mm -hmm. because I feel like even really young, like from my perspective, at least like you, it's such, it's a little bit of a paradox because you were very involved and very, we talked about everything. You knew what was going on and all of those things. And you were more involved in certain areas than some people even would agree with. And like even thinking about um, like dating and things like that. But yet I feel like you also let go very appropriately and very early in my opinion. Like I can remember probably the first really big decision that I made that I knew you disagreed with, but you let me make the decision. Disagreed with. And that was when I wanted to take a, certain dance class that for whatever reason you didn't think was the best and it always cracks me up because it was like with like some of my aunts and other our pastor's wife like (laughs) just as funny but but for whatever reason you I don't know I don't know I don't know if you remember the situation but either way either way I wanted to do it and you gave me that decision I mean you said well that's Maybe it was all a test. Maybe you didn't really actually care. You just wanted me to have feel like I made the decision. <laughs> no, it, no, it was real. And I mean, yeah, I, it, it was part of my, uh, my legalism really. Yeah. Okay. But, and, and I knew, I knew that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, if if it would have been a sin thing, if it would have been you know detrimental, sure. I knew that you know this is this is not it's really not my business. Yeah, it's between this is a between you and God thing, which is what I, you know, I said if it's you've got to figure that out between you and God. Yeah, and I, it was one of those things that I did it. I loved it. It wasn't a lesson. It was something I did, and mm-hmm. I didn't, you yeah. know. continue it forever but it whatever I enjoyed it and it was but I think it was also kind of a like a reassurance to me that it wasn't that I you know that God and I ran my life you right even I was only probably 11 something like that like I wasn't Mm. yeah I don't know and I think I see parents holding on unfortunately too tightly and for too long and I think that that ends up creating you know, I think the thing about parenting and all that is God is so, so much bigger than our mistakes. And that's such a blessing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he redeems all over the place and we can make lots of mistakes, but whatever in my life, I feel like that was a good example and a blessing. Yeah. That, that style was, is part of that's my style of leadership. And, and, and the other part of that was, my parents and my in-laws were very much, you know, they would back off, hands off, and you, you know, you make your own decisions. They were, they both were very good at that. Yep. Um, But also my leadership style is get out of the way, create a vacuum. People will, they'll fill it. And, And if sometimes decisions are, uh, they create pressure, and when there's pressure, the good things or the bad things come to the surface. Mm-hmm. So it is a test. 
Right. You know. Yeah. For sure. Yep, it's cool. All right, Dad. So, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> since we've already like gotten into conversation here. <clears throat> well, I've uh, been married. I've known my wife for 40 years. Been married um, 39. So we're coming towards our 40th anniversary next Woo-hoo. August, what are we gonna which do? is amazing. What are we going to do? Same thing we did on the honeymoon. You guys won't be involved and we'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Have fun. Before uh, there was you. <laughs> she was my sweetheart. Before oh, there was yeah. you. Okay. So, yeah. Um, four adult children. Two boys, two girls. And uh, I thought I wanted all girls because I knew a man that had seven daughters, six daughters. Whoa. And <laughs> uh, so that girls. was my that was my uh, thought. And, uh, you know, to be able to have moms was to have exactly what we got, which was two boys, two girls. <laughs> and that's the million dollar family. And so <clears throat> she got the million dollar family. And I'm happy, certainly happy because it's, yeah, the what you experience with boys is different than than you experience with girls for sure. It's very Uh, interesting to think about having all girls. Yeah. Well, and what the thing I didn't think of at the time was, uh, that's a lot of weddings, a lot of weddings (laughs) you're going to be, uh, be paying for. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I've had my own business for 29 years and, um, And that was a, from the time I was about 10 or 11, I knew I was going to have my own business and didn't know what, but, and yeah, we just really live a a busy life, but really a happy, quiet life in a lot of ways. Um, Quiet. (laughs) Mine's, mine's more quiet maybe than mom's. It's true. (laughs) But Yeah. Yeah. You knew, I don't know if I really knew that. I mean, I guess I knew you always wanted to own a business, but w- what does that mean that you knew when you were so, so young? <clears throat> I mean, I can give you the, the, the long or the short answer, but the, uh, give you the middle, the mi- medium range answer. What we, what we say with our mouth is it's got power. Uh, scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And um, when I was uh, somewhere, I don't know the exact age, but somewhere around 10 or 11 is what I'm guessing. Um, <clears throat> I was at church listening to a bunch of uh, adult men standing around talking about their jobs, complaining about their jobs, complaining about their bosses and that kind of stuff. And I, I'm listening to all these men talk, and I kind of stepped up, stuck my chest out. That's kind of how I'm picturing it. But said, well, I'm not going to work for somebody else all my life. I'm going to have my own business. Wow. And that declaration, like it took me a long time to really understand what what that was and what took place. But I believe that it was something God put in my heart. And when I made that declaration, um, that set my course from mm. that, from that moment on as best I can remember is I always was thinking and it was always stirring in me. I'm going to have my own business and yeah, which I took food service, uh, in BOCES occupational school. And so, uh, you know, because that that was something I was interested in, and there was lots of girls there too. So that was, I was not interested in the, the. I was not interested in welding and carpentry and all that kind of stuff. I didn't like that. That re- that represented hard work, and uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, and I I out of high school I worked in restaurant and really quickly decided yeah I don't want to. I don't want to do that. It's stressful. It's it's long, long hours, and when everybody else is is uh, 
on vacation and going out to eat or or whatever you're the one working and uh, so I didn't like that but the other the other business that I really would have liked to have done and I actually begged my dad to to when they uh, they moved to Florida and and I moved with them at their insistence this was right out of high school day after graduation actually but I had really begged him to sell me his uh, trucking business cattle trucking business I would have I would have enjoyed that and and uh, he didn't want to or he did not want to at all and it's a good it's a good thing I was not ready I was not ready to be in business I was way too immature but um, but I mean 10 years later if if I'd have had that business I'd have done I'd have done well with it yeah um but yeah but that was something that i i did with him i did drive truck and handled cattle and you know i was good at that so when they moved to florida then what did what did grandpa do next well like when they got there so he he went and got a uh, i always say he <laughs> that was his retirement Okay. So he he cut back and got a forty hour a week job, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> um, he literally worked sixty to eighty hours a week. Um, had three three cattle routes, trucking, taking cows to to the sale barn, and the other days he hauled sawdust uh, from the sawmill to farmers that they used it for bedding, and uh, and he was a full time pastor, right? And uh, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, for him when, you know, when he only had to go to work, you know, eight hours a day for, you know, five days a week, that was like, you know, what am I going to do with all this free time? <laughs> right. So he found but, plenty to do. Oh yeah, he sure did. Yeah. So that his, uh, that the job he got at that point was, uh, he worked for, uh, an aluminum company just down the road from him and, uh, they were building awnings and that kind of stuff uh aluminum awnings over swimming pool covers that and uh, okay. so he he basically was their uh delivery guy and he would take stuff to the job sites and and uh yeah so he enjoyed that a lot of driving it makes me think about like when he was older of course he's not alive anymore but when he was you know having getting like dementia and losing some of his memory and stuff like that and had to not drive anymore. How like, I think it's hard for any of us to lose that like freedom, but he had, he drove a lot mm-hmm. Oh yeah, throughout he, his life. Yeah, so that I'm sure sense. that that was like even, extra hard. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever really thought, thought about, about that, that until just now. Yeah. Okay, dad. So I feel like you, everybody has a unique story, but I feel like you have a very, a very unique story just where you came from and yeah so would you just tell you know just start kind of from the beginning of your life should I say it so he doesn't have to he was born at a very young age I was (laughs) almost 60 years ago actually I was if, if you if you did birthdays really the way that uh or, or you counted time, uh, you know, I was somewhere somewhere about now, I'd have been about a month and a half to two months old. So Right. You in, mean like in utero. In utero, in utero. Still, yes. In utero. Yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. I know. It kind of, <clears throat> totally another subject, other subject, but it kind of bugs me that we don't count it like that. Aren't there other countries or other cultures or something that do or maybe did in the past, like said you were one when you were born kind of thing or like which it's all just numbers it wouldn't matter you were alive when you were right. alive but right anyway whatever that's just a random pet peeve of mine but it's okay. it's all good <laughs> yeah it's so interesting like yes there there's life but they're not they're not born into the world yet so like yeah that's true it's yeah it's weird i don't know right yeah, yeah. well that's why we say however many weeks like gestation or whatever like even when you're born like in the NICU like say you're a premature baby you know like they count like your age but then they also count like your gestational right. age like they yes. kind of 
they like backdate your developmental exactly age like milestones kind of, kind of thing. thing yeah mm-hmm. and then like there's some that then they get to that like full term age and like that's a good that's a good milestone to get to that point some that were so early and so tiny and not as developed mm-hmm. so yeah you're right Augie that's true anyway palace so <laughs> somewhere around in the fall of of 1960 a lady by the name of Ruth Martin uh conceived me and I would not meet her for 30 years but uh she made a choice <clears throat> To put me up for adoption. She already had three children. Uh, she had been through a couple marriages. And for her, it was shameful to uh, to not be married and be pregnant. And abortion was not legal, thank God, at that time. So she went uh, about an hour away, lived with her sister, uh, did not tell anyone that she was pregnant other than her sister knew, her family did not know. Um, and she went to a children's home, and she this is, this is an interesting part of the path, I believe. It was important to her that, that I was raised in a Christian home. She actually um, told the director there, I, I have a child, I'm, I'm pregnant, I would like this child to grow up in a, tr- in a Christian home. And um, so he knew my parents and uh, that they had adopted previously. And uh, he approached them and said, hey, would you consider taking a newborn baby? Had they adopted? Like how, what was, were they friends or what, what was their connection? Um, They were both part of the same uh, church. Not, not the, they didn't attend the same church, but, uh, Okay. Dad was a Mennonite pastor, and this man was a part of the Mennonite church. Actually, okay. became a bishop in the Mennonite church eventually. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, he uh, it really of like knew of them and right, knew they had right, adapted. Right. Yeah, they knew each other. They knew each other quite well. Um, and yeah, he approached them and and said, you know, if you'd like a newborn, there's there's one coming. You have to take what comes and and. Uh, they had to cover all the hospital expenses and that kind of thing. And do you have any idea if they were, of course, I have so many questions when it comes to this. <laughs> I should know some of this. But do you have any idea if they were like, plan? I know they did foster care at certain points. Your two older siblings, they had already adopted several years prior. Like, were they thinking they would, that they would like more children? Do you have any idea where they were at in the journey of that or... Was it just kind of random that he? My understanding is um, they may or may ha- may not have had foster children between uh, uh, Helen and Clarence. Um, that was the two children. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that they had. I'm trying to remember, and I, I actually now it's coming to me. There, there were, there were some foster children in there but it was 11 years uh between me and clarence um so i think they were always open to adoption but there wasn't i don't know that there was yeah if if it came their way they would have they would have went for it which is seeking it out at that which is what and like did they have the finances to cover all of those medical bills or how did how did that work? Like, well, was that easy or did just the Lord provide or if you adopt now, you're going to spend tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, if you adopted then, uh, it wasn't going to be hardly a thousand dollars. Right. So, but also like, in, oh, inflation, is that what's called? Yeah. The, like, your money was different, but yeah, no, they, they were, they were not hard up. Um, yeah. dad was a farmer and like, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a like, Oh no! How are we going to get the money to be able to pay for this baby? Right. Okay. Well, yeah. For mom, probably yes. For dad, he you know he knew he could work hard and and make it, and he knew that that God provides. You right. know, 
Yep. If I if I heard that once, I heard it a thousand times growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. We have no worries. God is our provider. That was something that was put into me, and and uh, yeah. Awesome. So they they uh, made the arrangements. Uh, actually, just a few years ago, I got to see some of the legal papers from it, and uh, uh, never thought about you know they had to go with a, a lawyer and all that and, mm-hmm. and uh, they made the arrangements and they were as I understand it they were actually on a trip to uh, down in Lancaster County pop grew up near there and uh, in Pennsylvania and uh, on the way back they stopped and picked me up at uh, the hospital in Wellsboro and uh, this man the the uh, the guy that had contacted them actually he he's the one that carried me out of the hospital and uh, put me in their arms so it's um, crazy. May nineteenth nineteen sixty one I was born well I got to meet uh, my mother and hear some of her perspective and uh, I never I never went through any uh, any great rejection issues like a lot of adopted kids um, that struggle with that and after meeting her and realizing that it it she was not rejecting me in any way shape or form mm-hmm. uh, it actually uh, it was it was a, a decision that she uh, struggled with up to that up to the point of giving me up she was struggling with it and she actually, uh, the best I understand, she lived in regret her entire life. Um, and she made the right decision. Uh, you know, the, the, path, the path that I got put on, I can just see God's hand clearly, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so she made the right decision. Um, but for her personally, it uh, literally in her 70s, she would, she would, um cry wrestling with still wrestling with that that was you know shouldn't yeah. have done that wow. and uh, even after meeting me and my children and yeah so so yeah i was not rejected um and um did you say where you grew up yeah so no i so born in wellsboro pennsylvania and my parents lived in in uh, what we call the southern tier of New York in Steuben County, and uh, actually lived right on the border of New York and Pennsylvania, and uh, spent as much time in Pennsylvania as I did in New York. You know, it's just um, so grew up. My dad, uh, when I was born, he was a dairy farmer. By the time I was uh, in kindergarten, they were ready to sell the dairy farm and uh, and kind of a little bit of a change of course. They We literally moved from the dairy farm two and a half miles down the road to, uh, to a little beef farm. And uh, so I grew up, grew up on a farm, but I didn't have to get up and, and uh, milk cows and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> But in the wintertime, I did have to get up and and uh, help feed the cows. We would we would load hay onto a we had an old manure spreader that we would stack hay up on and drive out through the field. And Dad would throw bales off and <laughs> and uh, I thought I was really having to suffer, be out there for half hour, forty minutes <laughs> in the mornings. You know, you would drive and he threw the bales. Or? Oh yeah. Because you were little, you were uh, littler. Like I, w- I was littler. You wouldn't be able to handle the bales, right? And and even as I, you know, as I got older, I mean, I did. I handled the bales more as I got older. But mm-hmm. by the time I was, uh, by the time I was, um, you know, junior, senior in high school, um, trying to think if we sold the herd. I think we we didn't sell the herd till I was in and, and would have been in my senior year. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, so for me growing up, uh, it was we lived eleven miles from town. We're on a we're on a uh, a dirt road, um, and uh, <laughs> I like 
I like to tell this story because people don't people don't understand how how remote it really was. Mm-hmm. We literally you could hear cars coming down the road and you know the tires crunching the stones and you would stand up walk to the window and go see who it was every time a car went by mm-hmm. because it was the big excitement for it the was day. an event it was an event i remember one time as a kid being <laughs> outside and a police car went by and it was like <laughs> like the wow. only time in your life yeah probably. it's the only, oh it's the only time now i mean the road we live on the sheriffs live the other end of the road and we see them all the time. Right. I was going to say the road we grew up on, we saw sh- five sheriffs a day probably. Oh, yeah. If not probably, more. Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, <clears throat> it was, uh, what, I, how do you say the word? Idyllic? Idyllic. Idyllic. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I rode my bicycle on so the road. Fun. There was no concerns about cars because, yeah, the only people on the road were a few neighbors and uh uh we could uh, in the winter time it, this is how remote it was my dad would call the town supervisor we had a hill that was called king hill and he would call the town supervisor and say we're gonna have a sledding party sunday afternoon please don't sand the hill that's hilarious. And he'd say, oh, okay, that's fine. Which was the road the yeah. actual road oh yeah <laughs> oh, my word. oh yeah oh and it was yeah that was well, yous have been yous have been there, but it's a it's a big hill. Yeah, and it's just it a lot of fun. fun. It's a fun it's place. A lot I of love fun. going there. The old stomping grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you're gonna say that. <laughs> if the boys are here, I know. Actually, I have here. a I have a current memory about that hill. That it just blew my mind. There's not good cell phone. It's a coverage. scary hill. Let me tell you, it, it is. is scary. Like I don't even like driving up or down it. Not yeah. even driving. Yeah. Even Grant, if it's like summer, it's just coming down over that hill grandpa actually went out over with the cattle truck went out over into the woods yikes um so yeah a current story about that hill it's king hill no cell phone coverage down there hardly at all we're coming up over that hill mom and i this was three years ago something like that anyway it doesn't matter um we get a phone call uh or a a a video chat from one of you guys Mm -hmm. but it was one of those where somebody accidentally video called somebody else in the family and and everybody's on the thread so all of a sudden we're driving from king hill back towards my house and everybody's on this video chat okay I remember and that was really random i think it was a it was random like a pocket dial but yeah it was it was <laughs> but then we all picked up <laughs> but think about it here i am yeah i rode my little three-speed spider bike up and down that road and my mini bike and my motorcycle and I walked that road and I hunted off of that road in those fields and all of that and now I'm looking at my phone which is in my hand and it's just it's just mind-boggling to think that I've got four kids I'm not because when I go down there it's like okay I'm a kid again right and I'm back to you know, all the... Your old stomping grounds. Yeah, all the old, uh, you know, Andy Griffin-esque uh, st- <laughs> st- right. story. Yeah. Um, and I was, Andy Griffith. I was just watching Andy Griffith last night while I was folding laundry. It's my go-to. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like the... I remember saying when I was little, like, someday we're just going to pick up our phone and... And be able to see the other person. Ha, yeah. ha, 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 ha. Like, you know. I and now it's just like, for Harrison, like for our kids, it's just so normal. It's so weird. Which when, is, when I was a kid, that was a, that was in a, uh, the, there was a cartoon uh, story of Dick Tracy. And he was a secret agent. And he would talk to a person on his phone, mm-hmm. looking at the person. And I, I remember thinking, uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> not that's science fiction. So that's never, never going to be. That makes me think, Dad, about when um, I can remember you. Well, this is a total rabbit trail, but it's okay. I can remember you talking about the the two people in the Bible that didn't die. Like that, the Bible talks about how they're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna see them again. Mm-hmm. Was that Enoch? 
and Methuselah? Elijah? No. <coughs> Elijah and Enoch. Okay. Elijah and Let's just cut me saying Methuselah <laughs> <laughs> right out of there. Oh, now you were trying to get yeah. some bloopers. Yep. yep. The, the <laughs> Bible, Fine, you can put that in the bloopers. The Bible doesn't tell us that we are going to see them. Okay. My supposition is... Um, in Book of Revelations talks about two prophets coming to Israel, prophesying uh. three and a half years. They get killed. They get murdered. They're laying in the streets, and the scripture says that the world will see them, which okay. makes no sense 40 years ago. Right. Because how does the world come? Because you got to go to physically right. see them. Okay, so you guess um, that maybe it's them. And so, I, well, right. like when I was a little girl, maybe right. you guess that those were the two prophets. Right. And well, the reason, somehow. the reason that I first it's of all, it's also in the Left Behind series, I think, that it's them. That it's them, right? They don't. They don't use them. They they, they don't. don't say they it. don't exactly use their names. They use Eli and Moshi, I think oh, is, the, okay. is how okay, they sorry. how they name it. But so the other thing is, what was I going to say? That, that we're going to see them. The whole world is going right. to see them. Right. It says the whole world is going to see them. Well, okay, now we have it. Now we have technology. It doesn't matter where you go. You can go to the far reaches of, of Botswana. And there's well, right. What I was going to say with, is that when I was a young girl, you would say that, and you would say, and now we know because we have TV. Right. And I can remember thinking, like, but we don't have, like, we didn't have, we had a TV we'd right. pull out of the closet to watch videos sometimes, right? Right. So I can remember thinking... Yeah, but like if that happened, we don't see TV. Like we didn't watch the news and stuff like that. So I remember thinking like, but we don't have TV, so mm -hmm. we wouldn't see it, Dad. Like I whatever. But now, yeah, exactly. Right, like exactly. anything's happening, you can pull it up on YouTube and wait, be watching it live anywhere, pretty much in the world. Right. And right, there's kids that are that was my point. It's just technology is right. Right. is crazy. Oh man. And where will it go next? Who knows? This is such right. a I would love to hear what you would do now if you had if you had us like if you were having our kids right now what would you do about technology with them? Well, yeah. I don't know. This that could this could be a long conversation. Oh, it it could be. I can give you uh, there's a short simple answer. I would do uh pretty much the way you guys do it. And that is is limit Some days let my wa my son watch his motorcycle show four times in a row. Right. <laughs> right. Well, Corwin used to watch Old Yeller. <laughs> That's true. Nonstop. Oh it's, and he he had it streaming on a loop. I think. But uh, turned it on again. <laughs> it it is it is very difficult, and I've said for for many many years, you cannot withhold completely technology from your children because all you do then is create this great Desire. hunger for something that they don't have. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure out how to give them just enough that, that uh, you know, especially when they're really little. As they get older, right. like we already talked earlier, they've got to make their own choices. Yeah. And, and, well, just uh, like we're trying to, we're all trying to figure out for our own selves what's right and how much and how to, yeah, you know, how to use self-control with that. And stuff like that too right i'm it for me it's a constant battle and i'm i'm at a stage in my life where i i really feel like what what would be best is it just i just lay every bit of it aside except for absolute necessary because right. it 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 always takes on a life of its own and if every time i give it an inch i find myself a month later, it's got five miles of my life, and yep. now I've got to fast it and try to kill it, and and mm -hmm. it's and it is it's never going to go away. It's just it it is a part of our lives. But yep, it's funny having a conversation with somebody that we like know so well, and yet I'm like I feel like I have a million questions. Like, <laughs> um, and I think it's that happens maybe with like parent child relationships. Cause it's like, I have all these like fuzzy thoughts and memories, but at this point in my life, I'm like, okay, what was that about? Or am I remembering that correctly? Or, you know, I don't know. It's funny, but I'm, tell us about, like I mentioned how we didn't really have TV. 
And my my remembrance is that maybe wasn't always true in our in our household. Like it's not like since the day we got married, you got married. I mean, is that true? And what was the? Will you tell me the journey with that a little bit? Right, because um, like we had cable, not cable, but we had an antenna at one point. Right. Well, well we, we always pulled that out when we were sick or wanted to watch the right. inauguration or a random football game. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Right. It it. Well, yeah, the whole journey is, so when we first got married, um, first first five years of our life, we didn't really have access to television. Television was still, um, you know, it was, it was antennas and uh, cable was something that was in the cities and in the rural areas, you know, it was slowly coming in and... Uh, and by, I mean, rapidly it went from uh, nothing except for two or three channels available to literally hundreds of channels available. <gasps> um, and our, I don't know, our lives were just busy enough and the things that we were involved in and we did, we just didn't have it. When in 84, when we moved to the dairy farm, um, we had, there was a television already there. Uh, everything was hooked up. I could watch television whenever, and we made a conscious decision then um, that that because it for me uh, it was a uh, yeah it it easily media easily had me, and so I just had to I had to battle it and meaning like you would waste time oh, waste, watching yeah, TV is that hours. what you mean yeah right yeah and so, so you had to set boundaries. Right. And so and didn't want uh, didn't want you guys to grow up where every evening was spent in front of the tube. So um, when we when we bought our you guys were all born, bought our first home and um, the TV stayed in the closet and, you know, it was only brought out for special occasions. There were times as as you guys got older, it stayed out more, mm-hmm. and uh, and you watched you watched a lot of uh, Donut Man and and uh, whatever totally. old old Yeller and all that stuff. The VHS was huge and mm-hmm. rapidly, you know, we were always about six years behind the times. I mean, DVDs were out for a long time before before we ever had one, and uh, but yeah, it's. It's always been a, a something to something to battle, something to control, and still is. It's just so you you had it at first and realized, and then had to change, or like right. it wasn't as soon as you moved in there, you were like, oh no, I know I can't have TV or oh, I mean, I I knew that, but it was you know there it was, sure. and it was it was easily available. And we were five and a half years there, so it was a that was a process. From there, we went to uh, Beaver Camp, and which had even less availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now it's so changed because the internet you can be watching it on your phone. It's right. it's just everywhere all the time. Right, the tip of our finger TV in our pockets. <laughs> the tip of our fingertips, <laughs> right at the tip of that fingertip. <laughs> <laughs> it's at our fingertips. The the hard part of it, there's always things in our life that we have to self-discipline and, you know, some people want to swear off of it completely. And the reality is, I believe that it's, I mean, <laughs> technology is not something man figured out. Technology was always there. It's something that God revealed and allowed at a certain point. If you look at you know, if you look at time, there wasn't any of this 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and now in the last 100 to 150 years, it's just exploded. And, and it's only becoming more and more, uh, you know, the about a, amount of technology and knowledge and all that available. Yeah. Um, but it's because of the time that we live in. It's just, which is a whole nother subject. <laughs> so many subjects. So if you go back to my growing up, um, I always, to 
to describe it to people, it's as close to Mayberry and Barney Fife as you can get. Um, and we, we kind of live in that community here, but uh, a little more, that was uh, even more rustic. Um, I Now I look back and I love the life that I got to have, you know, for the 11 years we were on that farm. Uh, and, and my, that was all my school years. And, and I'm glad because that formed much of who I am. And, um, and it was, I, there was a lot of it at the time I didn't like because it was me and there was the next neighbor was a half a mile away. And the closest one to my age was a girl. And, uh, and then the other neighbors were, about that same distance and and uh, but they were all younger than me and so I felt like you know I mean I was always complaining can't we can't we get off this farm and move mm-hmm. to town and you know dad saying we will never live in town <laughs> and uh, uh, and which is yeah that would have been a lot of trouble um, but I had freedom and so I would I rode my bicycle for miles literally and you know I could take off with a gun and go hunting and uh, by myself as a young kid and you know go hunting woodchucks and all that and I explored and I knew those woods quite well and and uh, and I my creative side uh, grew because if you wanted to play cops and robbers with somebody you had to be both you know (laughs) That's amazing. That's like me playing board games by myself. Yes. (laughs) These days, not when I was a kid. (laughs) These days, playing board games by myself. Yes, I know. One time I called August recently. (laughs) She said, oh, I'm just playing a game by myself. I said, okay. And then we were talking for a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't really even ask if you were were busy. Like, I know you're playing a game. And she's like, yeah. Literally, I'm both players. I'm playing by myself. (laughs) <laughs> She's everybody like, keeps fine everybody keeps asking me which one do you want to win and then i'm like usually i like the person on the right to win like i'm the one on the right so then, then if the one on the left wins i'm like they beat me darn it <laughs> you're playing it's like it's like playing the computer but you're also the computer right and like i try really hard not to oh, wow not to make my decisions based off of what i need which the right person needs oh, so i try to let it be fair <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is I'm amazing. I'm hoping somebody will buy me that game for Christmas. It's on my Amazon wish list. Oh, I'm sorry. I've already... It's called Azul if anybody wants to buy it for me. <laughs> well, you do get podcasts listeners sending you things like massages and stuff. Yeah. So you never Shout know. out to whoever gave me that massage last year. I know. That pregnancy massage. Amazing. Jeez, I got to get me a podcast. Maybe I can get tools. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, I think all your Christmas... My Christmas shopping for you is done, August, since I have your name Darn. this year. Shoot. And it's almost all even wrapped, so. That's amazing. Yeah. We decorated for Christmas a couple days ago. I noticed. I was just getting ready to see if you wanted to do our trees together this year or not. Well, I mean, our tree is a boring tree. Well, I know, but anyway, okay, this is about Dad. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about Christmas later. Where's Corwin when we need him? It's always filtering in. (laughs) Anyway, I guess I'm so glad that you took after Dad and you were able to, that you know how to play against yourself like he had to yeah <laughs> hey i'll tell you it's just uh imagination it's good it's good for you that's the hard thing of of the uh all the technology is it it thinks for you yeah and so what i what i didn't have i got to you know exercise the creativity and mm-hmm. and uh and actually as an adult looking back and you realize okay god had a plan and and what he his plan for me and and how I think and and do, you know what I do. It all came out of a lot of loneliness, mm-hmm. you know. And and not that I focused on lonely. I you know, for me, if I was lonely, I reacted to it and by getting busy, doing something, doing, you know, being creative and and uh, whatever. So. So yeah, my. My growing up years were were uh, slow and and uh, and you know just a lot of fun living in the country and I wish I wish for you guys that that uh, 
we could have lived in a, a much more remote area. But, I mean. I mean, I feel like we did that, though. Like, we played I, out in the woods oh, a yeah. ton. Yeah. We had. We used our imaginations like crazy. Yeah. Thanks we even, to Adventures in Odyssey. I even named the trails names I didn't tell you because I thought they were a little bit naughty. What? I don't remember <laughs> what it was. But we had I had a name for the trail that I thought was kind of edgy, but then I had a fake name for the trail that I said to mom and dad were around. I don't oh remember what they were, though. Word, I can sneaky. remember that. Oh, man. We had so much fun playing in the woods. Yeah, like, we, we were down back in the creek and... Yeah, and you guys scaring me and making me think that dad was a bear or whatever that one what? time. <laughs> oh. Do you remember that? I remember that. That Barely. was awful. You guys were that. so mean. I'm sure it was me. I was so much older and mature. I'm sure I was It was like you, Corwin, and Christian. You all <laughs> left me and you all made me think that dad was coming and it was a bear. I don't know. I just re- I remember it very vividly. Oh, wow. I almost anyway, feel like we were all yeah, up in the I tree. I mean, it wasn't super remote, but it was, I don't know. I feel like we did a lot right. of that. I too. feel like once we went... Because we have our house that was like right on a main road and then there was like this broken down barn and then like a little road that led to woods and like a, it was like a creek and then there was like woods. And so once you got on that road to go back to the creek, it was like then we were in rural country. Random question. Do you remember the old bridge, August, before it was before there was a second road there? I don't know. Do you know? Okay. Mm. It's still there. Yeah. It's like way down though. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah, to the left you mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when that was go? the main road, I'm saying. That's that used to be the road. They they there built, wasn't. They put in a, in a pipe and they built it up with with uh, mm-hmm. uh, driveway mix and all of that. Must be not. Must mm-hmm. be not remember what I asked. Anyway, this could go on forever. Be an old home day, I guess. But true. <laughs> all right, Dad. Would you record another episode with us and or sure. maybe ten or twelve? Or yeah, yeah, and we can. Start a new podcast. I, I feel like I feel like we're about for next four minutes into this one. <laughs> I know, so. literally. I feel like we haven't done anything. I'm thinking, <laughs> we're are, we, about anything. are we going to get? Are we going to get started here? It or goes. Are we I know. Crank it out. It's, it's crazy. But yeah. So tell us what's good about today for you. Oh, what's good about today? It <clears throat> just being in a in a time of life of you've you've done a lot of things. I just every day I'm I'm satisfied with with most of the past and then just enjoying the day and and this is it's christmas season i always look forward to that and and uh mm-hmm. having grandkids that are you know excited about life and mm-hmm. grandkids that love to see you come and you're racking up the numbers racking up the numbers number 11 to, just about to be here any day uh, one of these man. days here it is amazing, but yeah. Do you, um, okay, I know I'm interrupting your, what's good about today, but <clears throat> do you, like, what do you think about grandparenting? Like, what's your, like, is it kind of what you, how you thought it would be, or is it different, or um, did you think about it? I didn't really think a lot about grandparenting. Parenting, parenting, you know, that was, Everything about that was a focus and learning and growing and grandparenting, yeah, is more of something that happened. I love being a grandparent. Um, I always liked when the kids were getting older, and so, you know, that part of it I like uh, more. Like when the grandkids are getting older. Yeah. Yeah, like when you can, like, talk Yeah, we can talk back and and forth and to, you know, just being able to watch them develop and cause the early years are uh, whether for your parent or grandparent, they're just, yeah, they have wonderful moments, but they are, there's nothing easy about it because they interrupt your, your own plan. And you know, your, your life has all to be focused day all day long. <laughs> all day long. And Sometimes all night, night long when they're, they're delight and I even know about that. <laughs> we had seven grandchildren in our home two nights ago and they the first one woke, <laughs> neither none of ours. <laughs> I know, no, neither of ours. No, no. The first uh the first one woke up at three fifteen and crying and so looking for her mommy and so I said you know got her calmed down and crawled into bed with us and half an hour later the next one came up getting up for the day 
And I was at like, what time? Uh, so that would have been, you know, quarter four. Yeah, quarter four, four o'clock, somewhere's in there. Like, no, you crawl in bed here with us, and so. <laughs> Good thing my, you had a king size. Yeah, and then <laughs> oh, and I didn't, even, I didn't really. The so those were the first two I knew about, and actually, somewhere around two o'clock, one of them was awake and went to the bathroom that mom went which i usually i'm you know i would hear that but that's but yeah and then of course they all get up early and but grandpa gets really tough in the morning i just tell them i as soon as they come down and they say the first word they say i'm like we don't talk in the morning around here (laughs) and for so for the next hour i sit in the chair drinking coffee resting and make them (laughs) make them sit and read books or just sit there yeah, or just sit there. I mean, the the first ones when, when it was. I mean, it's still kind of dark out. I was like, Oh yeah, it's dark right now until like at least six thirty. Yeah, seven. Get a cover, lay down on that couch, and just be quiet. Don't talk. Yep. So, um, but I was always good at, at watching you kids all Sunday afternoon. Mom would sleep, and I could I could literally sleep, watch a football game, and take care of you guys and never get <laughs> off the couch the whole afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's funny. The other day, Harrison woke up from his nap, and I was not really ready for him to be up quite yet. And I was like, oh, you know what? He There's no reason he can't have another hour or so where he's quiet. And so he sat on the couch, and I gave him the whole basket of books, which, of course, were ended up all over the floor and the coffee table and all that but whatever I didn't care he was pretty quiet and and he's just at the point where he's starting to learn like nope you can't talk to mommy right now you need to be quiet or whatever and so and he had found a hat he's been really into hats and so he had like a little bucket hat from summer that's really too small for him kind of sideways on his head and at some point I cut him up an apple and took it in he wasn't even looking at his books or anything he's just quietly sitting there with his little bowl and his hat I took a picture and He's just looking at the fire, like eating his apple. It was just so cute. I'm like, oh, and my whole evening was much more peaceful than when he wakes up and I'm like, oh, I'm not quite ready. And then he's, you know, whatever. So that was good. I need to do that again. Okay. I want to say something really quickly. I was listening the other day, maybe to like, I don't know, to the radio. And this couple was talking, maybe it was a podcast actually, about they they're they're not even grandparents yet i don't think but they were they wrote a book about grandparenting and kind of like what the bible has to say about it yeah. and just what just what there the big bit. what a big role that it is and i think you and mom should read it cuz it sounded like a really cool book um Fun. yeah i'd like to kind of like to read it cuz yeah although i don't really read books cuz <laughs> you read it dad and you tell me what it says <laughs> i i i even though i said i didn't give a lot of thought to being a grandparent i definitely think in that direction and that my my role as a grandpa is you know very important in in development and reinforcing your parenting mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah all of that so love it well anyway were you finished with your what's good about today <laughs> good about today is your love and life and just love and life every day is is that's really what's good about it and i mean yeah i've been looking forward to getting interviewed and and you know wondering when it's going to be my turn and <laughs> to hang out with you gals and makes me think it's kind really of the christmas fall we've had both brothers yeah. now mm-hmm. together now dad and i don't know if we did we ask you yet will you do some more and be on next week. Did yeah, you say yeah, that? I, yeah. I thought you did, but sure we did. talked so much since then. Let's do it once a month. I've got a lot of things I'd like to say. I love to hear myself talk. So. <laughs> no, that's actually, where that's August that's gets where it I get from. it from. <laughs> for sure. All right, Dad, we love you, and we're thankful that we had you. Looking forward to having you next time. Peace Have out. Have a good day. Have a good day in the neighborhood. Andy Griffin, Dad? Don't you know it's called Andy Griffith? Andy Griffith? Yeah. Andy Griffin? Oh, my. Why do I say, why would I say Andy Griffin? I don't know. It's so annoying that Andy is 
always like he never can like tell the truth when there's like when the truth needs to be told and it's really just driving me nuts lately like you know barney is maybe not a good singer so we can't tell him he just has to try to figure out some way and then so aunt b last night she was she was acting in this show where this other lady was normally the actor but she was out of town so but then the other lady shows up and the director is like, I don't want Aunt B to do it. You got to tell her. Tell, he's telling Andy, you got to tell her. Right, I don't want Andy's her to be in, in it. charge of everything. Oh right, yeah. So, <laughs> so then, Andy's so town. then Andy, you know, then this other lady comes back into town that is normally does this, and she knows all the lines, and she's so great at it. And and the director says, Great, she's back in town. I'm gonna tell her that I want her to do it. And Andy says, No, don't tell her yet. Just wait. So then Andy gets her to come and be the housemaid at at his house so that Aunt B will be a little jealous that there's another woman in their kitchen. And so then Aunt B ends up even and even when they get there, you know, and that lady's so sweet and she says, oh, Aunt B, you're going to do so great playing the line. And then she like the lady recites the line like perfectly. And Aunt B was having such a hard time remembering. So then like, of course, Aunt B ends up saying, no, you go and do the part and I'll stay home and then. It's just so dumb, though. Like, Andy's always finagling something. To He's get. a diplomat. He doesn't want people to feel bad. <laughs> He's a diplomat. Seriously, I love watching Andy Griffith. It's my favorite. I couldn't really hear you, but I thought you were telling the story about a real person, and I realized suddenly you talked about <laughs> it. It's not, not going to be on the podcast anyway. Okay. Yeah, Delight, come on. Bloopers, we need them. They're the best.